The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. to set you free. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy and talk. We welcome back uh, Brad Bannon. He's my buddy personally and professionally. He is also the president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm, and they help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs campaigns and political campaigns. Now, you can hear Brad guest host for me every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern with his own program, Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. Brad also writes an incredibly great political column, which I post all over Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. Uh, it is uh, for The Hill. And you can also read Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. That's muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon or check it out on The Hill. And be sure to check out his Deadline DC with Brad Bannon here live every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And by the way, you can watch full shows of Deadline DC at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon. His Twitter handle is at Brad Bannon, no relation to Steve. Uh, anyway, Brad, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, I'm glad to have you with us today. So much uh, to talk oh, about. Pleasure I, to I be wanna, on with you, Leslie. Uh, um, always good to have you with us, buddy. Um, you've written so many great pieces. The latest uh, entitled Institutional Anarchy Prevails in the GOP House. Um I want to talk about this because, you know, you're you're writing specifically where, you know, not too long after the Republicans become the majority in the House, in the U.S. House of Representatives, um, that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen um, pretty much, you wrote, lobbed a hand grenade into the GOP caucus bunker. And you say this with her announcement that the U.S. could default on its debt this week unless the government takes extraordinary steps and Congress raises the national debt limit. Speak to us about this anarchy and speak to us about where this puts you know things. Because as a Democrat, I will frequently say, I mean, Republicans said if they got the House, I mean, life was going to be so wonderful. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering what's going on if the United States is going to default on its debt under their watch, not Democrats and a majority of Democrats in the House, but a majority of Republicans. Speak to me. Well, yeah, uh, Secretary Yellen announced uh, two weeks ago uh, that the uh, unless the United States government takes extraordinary, what she called extraordinary measures, uh, the uh, government could default on its debt uh, and shut down. Uh, well, uh, the she in the meantime has announced a series of, you know, it's essentially paper shuffling. Uh, and uh, to make sure the government can continue working, even though we passed the debt limit last week. Uh, but uh, unless Congress passes a, a debt 
uh, increasing the debt limit by sometime this summer in June, uh, there'll have to be a government shutdown, which would have enormously bad ramifications for the economy, uh, the credit of the United States, and people who uh, are living on their Social Security checks. Well, this is a serious challenge to the new speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, is McCarthy in a situation where he has to work with Democrats and even more so has to work with President Biden on this? Well, McCar- you know, this is a really tough one for McCarthy to handle. Uh, I said in the article that if uh, the fight over the debt limit goes anything like his battle to become speaker, uh, we're all in serious trouble. Uh, because there aren't any 15 ballots on this thing. Uh, If they don't do something by June, the government's going to have to shut down. And he's in a very poor position to deal with it. What a lot of the hardcore Republicans want out of this is basically to uh, uh, deal a fatal blow to Social Security and Medicare. They hate the program. They see it as government interference. Uh, They think the federal government spending too much money on old and sick people. So they just want to kill the program. And essentially what they're doing is uh, holding uh, seniors hostage uh, and saying, basically, unless you uh, make changes in the programs uh, to uh, limit the spending, uh, we're going to shut down the federal government, which would leave, you know, old people and sick people high and dry. On the other hand, uh, if he, if McCarthy insists on taking that position and limitations on Social Security and Medicare spending as a price for keeping passing the debt limit, uh, there are about 15 to 20 uh, Republican House members uh, who would have real problems with that uh, because they live in districts that voted for Joe Biden. Uh, a good example would be someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a Republican representative from Western Pennsylvania, where he has a large population of seniors in his district. Uh, Fitzpatrick, if he voted uh, for Social Security and Medicare cuts uh, would not be reelected uh, in 2024. But on the other hand, there are these hardcore types like the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world who want to basically dismantle Social Security and Medicare. And in some ways, McCarthy's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Uh, he has to find the a way to reconcile uh, the uh, two wings of the Republican Party. Uh, and honestly, I don't think he has the same political and legislative skills that Nancy Pelosi had. And Pelosi was always managed to find a way out of these situations where she was caught between the party's moderates uh, and the uh, left wing of the party. But I don't think McCarthy has the skills to carry this off. And his lack of skills in negotiating compromise could, you know, have devastating results on the economy and on senior citizens. Uh, a couple of things here, because you said so much, so there's so much to unpack, and I have so many questions. First off, do you find this is political suicide? Because uh, some of these GOP members, uh, well, first of all, with baby boomers, the majority of the population is getting older with numbers, you know, in the United States. And certainly, you know, those numbers, you know, uh, bleed into the voter uh, demographic. Uh, so one. And, you know, two, based on that, you know, we're, we're seeing and, you know, so many of these districts, especially Republican districts, 
um, that they're screwing their old constituents. So is this first off, you know, first question, is this political suicide for anybody in the GOP uh, to, you know, hurt such a growing voter base in the United States? Well, you know, the, the, the short answer and the problem is that if you look at the right wing of the Republican Party, again, people like Max Gates and, uh, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan, they don't care whether the government, they want the government to shut down. Uh, I said basically that in the article that the uh, chaos and confusion in the Republican House of Horrors could haunt the GOP in 2024 because it is political suicide. But a lot of them don't care. They're not. When you say a lot, Brad, when you say a lot of them don't care, are you talking about the the far right faction of the GOP and those people who fought against McCarthy. I mean, you write in your piece quite accurately, and I quote, if the battle over the federal debt limit is anything like McCarthy's battle for the speakership, the economy and the nation are in grave danger. That's a good point because McCarthy doesn't have a majority in the Senate. The Democrats are the majority, right? Because you were talking about Speaker Pelosi, right? She's the majority in in both chambers. Um, He does not, right? One. Two, and he doesn't have the unity within his party you know, in the chamber and 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 the backing, um, you know, and and he doesn't have it would seem the diplomacy uh, to work uh, with Democrats. Um, we're going to take a break when we come back. Think about your answer to that, uh, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk about that and many other issues uh, that you have written about as well. Uh, we're going to talk about also what the U.S. hitting the debt ceiling could mean for you and for me, the normal average Joe and Jane Q public. I'm Leslie Marshall. Brad Bannon is our guest. Like I said, every Monday he hosts Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. Also writes a political column each week for The Hill. Please read his institutional anarchy prevails in the GOP house that we're talking about right now. If you don't get The Hill or don't know anything about The Hill, you can just go straight to Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. You can also watch full shows of Deadline DC at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon. And on Twitter, follow him there. He's posting it there. We post it on my website at Leslie Marshall. Uh, not website, excuse me, uh, Twitter page, but also Brad Bannon at Brad Bannon. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with him. We'll be back with you right after this. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, he's Brad Bannon. He's president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. You can also check out on Monday's Deadline DC with Brad Bannon right here, Monday, every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And if you miss it live, you can also see Deadline DC at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon and check out his weekly columns for The Hill. Uh, you can read them at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon or go to the Hill. We're talking about his latest piece for the Hill entitled Institutional Anarchy Prevails in the GOP House. And we are talking about the dilemma that Speaker Kevin McCarthy has. And this was a concern many of us had when we saw, you know, over a dozen times in his battle for speakership, what would happen with our nation and with the economy, our nation could be in grave danger. Brad, thank you for holding uh, welcome back. Um, So I was I was asking you 
if those like Marjorie Taylor Greene and the far right want to dismantle Medicare and Social Security, McCarthy doesn't have the unity in his house. McCarthy doesn't have the unity in his party. And McCarthy doesn't have control, GOP control, in both the House and the Senate. Obviously, Democrats, thankfully, uh, have the majority in the Senate. Um, so wh- where where does this where does this leave him and where does it leave we, the American people, the taxpayers? Well, it leaves us uh, taxpayers in a very precarious position. Uh, if government shuts down, there are a couple of things uh, that, that could cause immediate problems. Uh, one is that if the United States can't pay forced, uh, can't pay off of its debts, interest rates are about to soar. So if you think mortgage rates are high now, and certainly in places like California and New York, they're they're very high, uh, interest rates for houses uh, could go way up, uh, even higher than they are now. Uh, the other thing that uh, you would see happen uh, is there, of course, there is the possibility that uh, voter uh, seniors wouldn't see, receive their Social Security checks because the government wouldn't have the money uh, to issue them. Uh, and there are just all sorts of bad things. And eventually, uh, depending upon how long the shutdown was, uh, you know, people, companies are laying off employees now, especially in the high tech industry. And you could see more corporate layoffs. So, you know, nothing good comes from a government shutdown. Uh, but the right wing of the Republican Party who, you know, basically control McCarthy, uh, you know, don't care. They're an anarchist. You know, if you look at somebody like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's going to re- win re-election. She's in a safe Republican district, whether the government shuts down or not. Probably people like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan are same category. You know, the late great Speaker of the House of Representatives, Sam Rayburn, uh, used to say there are two kinds of legislators. Uh, and he used this story to describe them. Uh, any jackass can kick down a barn but it takes a carpenter to build one. And basically what you have in the GOP House Caucus is a bunch of jackasses. I don't know if I can say that in a year. I probably can. But you, they you just can don't and you care. just did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just did. <laughs> and they don't care. They they would love to see the government shut down because they're they're you know, a, you know, they're just nihilists, basically. They're yeah, in. Yeah, but Brad, Brad, I hear you. I hear you. And, and, you know, maybe playing devil's advocate or just throwing something in here. But if if they love to see the government shut down, it's on them. We know that the party in power gets blamed for economic issues. Um, you know, and right now the party in power, at least in the House, um, are the Republicans. And Republicans have seen this before. Where, you know, even when Democrats have been in power, that they've been blamed because they're the ones saying, you know, we want to cut down, you know, we want to take a hatchet to Medicare and Social Security. You know, we don't want to raise the debt ceiling. You know, we want to let the government shut down. Um, And, you know, Republicans historically have been blamed for that, especially when they're in power in the House. So, again, you know, uh, political suicide. So so although it's terrible for the American people, is it a good thing for the Democrats? Oh, yeah, I think it would be a great thing for the Democrats. Uh, You know, and my guess is Kevin McCarthy knows it would cause his party problems, but he doesn't have the power within his caucus to stop it. Right. Uh, Because, you know, he's in a position where he can't afford to lose more than four votes on any given uh, piece of legislation. 
And if you add together the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world and the Matt Gates and the Jim Jordan and the other crazies, there are like 15 or 20 of them. Uh, And McCarthy doesn't have the power or the legislative skills uh, to do anything about it. So my guess is if it was up to Kevin McCarthy, he wouldn't shut down the government over Social Security because he realizes it was bad for the party. But the people he's empowered in the caucus, the chaos caucus, I call them, just don't care. Well, let's talk about uh, people who are watching and listening who do care. And let's talk about what the U.S. hitting the debt ceiling means for, uh, you know, the, the, the American taxpayer. I mean, the U.S. hit the debt is hitting the debt ceiling of thirty one point four trillion. Uh, that raises concerns economically about what happens if lawmakers can't reach a deal to pay the U.S. government's debt. You mentioned Janet Yellen. You mentioned the Treasury Department has begun using a series of extraordinary measures. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said she doesn't anticipate Americans will feel the effects of this before June. But if Republicans don't work with Democrats, work with the president to raise that debt ceiling, Americans will. So what 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 happens to the average, you know, Joe and Jane Q public, the average taxpayer, if the U.S., um, you know, hits that when it hits the debt ceiling? What effects is she talking about uh, that will happen at least in June and, you know, going forth forward into the summer, the rest of the summer? Well, one thing that would happen um, is uh, Wall Street would drop big time if the government shuts down. So anybody who has money invested in IRAs. Yeah, if you have an IRA or a 401k, it's going to take a dive. Uh, And so, again, people depending upon their IRAs for retirement uh, or looking forward to retirement are going to get seriously hurt because the market's going to drop, which means retirement funds are going to drop. Uh, the price of the interest rate on mortgages is going to go up. Uh, the United States won't be able to pay its bills. Maybe Social Security recipients can't even get their payments every month. Uh, and it will probably uh, cause a lot of people, millions of Americans, to lose their jobs because unemployment will go up. It's just an economic nightmare, basically. Yeah, no, 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 ab- absolutely. So, you know, obviously, Kevin McCarthy isn't an idiot. He wants to keep his, I mean, total idiot. He wants to keep his position. Um, so so what does he do? Because at the end of the day, although it took 15 times, he had a majority. Um, can he whip up enough support in his own party, um, you know, to, to work across the aisle? Because it does seem in the 11th hour, uh, things usually get uh, rectified regardless of who's in power quickly. Well, uh, you know what? We don't have time. We don't have time, uh, Brad. I don't want to get cut you off. Let's take a break. When we come back, you can answer that. And uh, then we're going to talk about those financial markets that you had touched upon. We're going to talk about those 401ks that I mentioned and more with Brad Bannon, Bannon Communication Research President and CEO. Also writes a political column for The Hill. Check it out. You can read his columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. Watch full shows of Deadline DC. He does it here live Monday every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can check it out at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon back after this. And we're back with Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Brad Bannon is our guest, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. He writes a great political column for The Hill. You can read those columns at 
Crack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. And please check out, it was an incredible show. He hosts Deadline DC with Brad Bannon right here every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. We're talking about uh, issues within the latest article he's written for The Hill entitled Institutional Anarchy Prevails in the GOP House. We've talked about that anarchy prevailing. Uh, We've talked about the U.S. hitting the debt ceiling and what it means uh, for you. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, a a, a bit more, uh, you know, on that. Um, So, uh, Brad, before the break, I asked you a question. If you could um, answer because uh, everybody's been on, uh, you know, that cliffhanger uh, pins and needles uh, waiting to hear your reply. Sorry, we're up against a break there. Please go ahead. Well, uh, I, th- I think one possible resolution of this crisis uh, would be uh, McCarthy can't afford to lose more than five votes uh, on a debt ceiling vote. And I think there are a few Republicans in the, in the House I call it the GOP House of Horrors. Uh, I think there are enough. There are a few GOP members in the House uh, who are scared to death of there being a government shutdown. Are scared to death for the reasons you talked about before, for a cutback in Social Security and Medicare benefits. So I think the first thing is the Dem- House Democrats under uh, under uh, the new leader uh, Jeffries are going to uh, try to uh, force a vote uh, on a clean debt limit ceiling without any cutbacks uh, and try to find four, you know, five Republicans uh, who will vote for it. I think that's possible. Uh, You know, the problem is that, you know, there are about there's a caucus of about 20 crazies in the Republican caucus. They're the ones who who came close to stopping McCarthy. And there are fewer moderates in the GOP caucus, but there may be at least five of them. Uh, and if the Democratic, uh, new Democratic House leader, Hakeem Jeffries, can round up five of them and have a clean bill that would extend the debt, uh, upper the debt limit without uh, cuts, uh, that may be the way out of this. I just want to mention something. Uh, Marky Mark Grimaldi, our executive producer, said uh, you can follow Brad on Twitter uh, at Brad Bannon. But if you want to watch, you don't uh, need to go to Periscope, the broadcast following you all one shot. Twitter.com forward slash Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Twitter.com forward slash uh, Bannon. Um, let's move to a different topic. Let's go from the economy to something that affects the economy, but even more so it affects human lives. I'm here in California. I am in Los Angeles and I am not far uh, from uh, Monterey Park and from Alhambra and uh, used to live in Northern California, visited Half Moon Bay for one of my birthday trips uh, last year. Um, Let's talk about this. There was a deadly rampage by a 67-year-old suspect in Northern California. They're saying now this was likely an act of workplace violence. Uh, There are fresh details that came out today. And this was the second back-to-back mass shooting. 18 people have been killed. And again, uh, the nation is horrified. Um, There were two shootings within three days. Um, we are reeling here in the state of California. Investigators, investigators are working to identify the 11 people that were killed Saturday uh, at the Los Angeles Dance Hall, uh, the eve of the lunar eclipse, uh, a very prominent holiday within the Chinese, not just Chinese, though, uh, although more specifically Chinese, but the AAPI community in general. 
uh, seven killed on Monday in the seaside town of Half Moon Bay uh, near uh, San Francisco. Motives are trying to be determined. They believe it's not confirmed 100% that the motive for the Northern California shooting was a workplace grievance, but still not sure about that dance hall uh, and so many people in that dance hall were older. I'm going to say older, older, but, you know, older. Um, preliminary evidence does indicate the massacre in Half Moon Bay does appear to be a case of workplace violence. The gunman had used a legally owned weapon, but we also know that the gunman in Monterey Park had used an illegal uh, weapon. Um, the suspects in both attacks are men of retirement age, much older than the typical perpetrators of deadly mass shootings that have become routine here in this country. Brad, there's so much to talk about here. Where do, where do we go from here? I, I mean, the fact that you have the perpetrators older and we have more of these shootings and almost every time we have a shooting, it tops, if you will, it knocks off the number one or worst mass shooting and it takes its place. Where do we go from here? People on the right have this misconception that people on the left like you and me want to take their guns and that isn't the case. But, you know, in in the first shooting here closest to me in Los Angeles, this gun is, you know, in its particular type of magazine, this particular type of clip is banned in the state of California. It's illegal. So this person obtained this illegally. And, and of course, there are going to be people out there that say, well, then your gun control laws don't do much because he was able to obtain it illegally. So much more needs to be done. And I have so many questions. One. Is it such a headline and a common occurrence in America that people are completely desensitized by this? I don't think they're dis- desensitized about the violence. I think what they are you know, sensitive to is the federal government's inability to do anything about it. Uh, I think people are horrified. You know, if you watch the national news shows last night, uh, you know, the first, you know, seven and 10 minutes were on the two California shootings. And I think most Americans are horrified and that's borne out by the polls. I think what they're, fu- I think they're more frustrated about is the federal government's uh, lack of ability or willingness to deal with the problem. For instance, a very, you know, if you look at any national poll, and I guarantee you any national poll will show that 90, at least 90% of the public want stricter standards uh, and background checks on people for people who buy guns. Right. And poll and, after poll shows the overwhelming majority want a universal background check. Yes. And, 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 you know, election after election, you have people on the right ignoring the, the will of the American people, including people who write checks to their campaigns and vote for them. Well, yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Even a, a vast majority of Republicans favor universal background checks. Uh, but despite that, uh, when you try to deal with the issue, uh, you know, Republicans just, you know, dip, you know, stand, you know, stand firm and vote against anything that smacks of gun control, even when it's incredibly reasonable. You know, and just about any American favors universal background checks. But unfortunately, GOP senators and House members who are bankrolled by the National Rifle Association uh, stand firm and won't tolerate anything, any change. Uh, Democratic presidents have uh, 
tried uh, to tighten gun laws, uh, but they've been rebuffed by the Republicans uh, because they're bankrolled by the National Republican uh, National Rifle Association. I was going to say National Republican Association, but it's pretty much the same thing. And a good example, we had a federal uh, ban on the sale of assault weapons for about 10 years uh, uh, between 85 and 94. And it worked. Gun shootings were down. But the first thing that the Republicans did when they took control of the House was to kill the ban. And people are getting murdered and no one seems to care. At least Republicans don't care. Let's give some uh, more uh, details here. Yesterday, a gunman uh, in Half Moon Bay opened fire on employees at Mountain Mushroom Farm. This uh, individual had previously worked there and Concord Farms as well, about a mile away from that. The accused gunman identified as Chunli Zhao, 67, was taken into custody later. He was found sitting in his vehicle parked outside a sheriff's station. Authorities believe he had gone there to surrender. He killed seven, wounded one. All of his victims were Hispanic and Asian Americans, according to the San Mateo County Sheriff, Christina Corpus. That's what she told reporters today. She said, quote, all of the evidence we have points to this being the instance of workplace violence. And the DA is expected to file charges against Zhao uh, tomorrow morning ahead of his scheduled court appearance in uh, Redwood City. Very quickly, Brad, why do you think it's now getting outside the typical, uh, you know, arena of the type of individual who pulls the trigger? Both of these men, um, you know, were both of these men were Asian and both of these men were in retirement age. Well, I think the short answer is Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump legitimized political violence in this country. And so it was, uh, there was a time when it was confined to young, you know, young males. Uh, But now, you know, I think uh, Donald Trump created an atmosphere of, you know, hate, uh, and horror in this country, and he essentially legitimized it. So now anybody wants to go off and they got a problem, let's, you know, I'll shoot my way out of the problem. Interesting. Very interesting. We'll be back with Brad Bannon, CEO and president of Bannon Communication Research. Uh, check out Deadline DC with Brad Bannon here Mondays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can also check it out. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Brad Bannon. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. You'll find all of that there. And you can read Brad's um, columns for The Hill. He writes a great political column. Go to muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back right after this talking about the shootings that have left so many dead. Back-to-back mass shootings here in the state of California where I live and I'm broadcasting from today. We'll be back. We are back. We be me, Leslie Marshall, and Brad Bannon, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research, host of Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You can see that and hear that right here every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And if you miss it, just go to twitter.com forward slash Brad Bannon and also follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. He also writes a great political column for The Hill. You should check it out. If you don't follow The Hill at The Hill on Twitter, you can read Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. That's muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. Uh, Brad, thank you uh, for holding uh, welcome back. We are talking about the back-to-back uh, mass shootings here in the state of California, uh, killed 18 uh, so far. Um, it's sad we lost somebody yesterday who had been badly wounded and they lost uh, their battle and they lost uh, their life. 
Um, President Biden said in a statement today he had been briefed on the Half Moon Bay shooting. He directed his administration to support the local authorities. And he said, quote, even as we await further details on these shootings, we know the scourge of gun violence across America requires stronger action. He's calling on Congress to reintroduce a federal assault weapons ban. Is that impossible with the National Republican Association, as you call it, not just the power and the money uh, of the NRA and their lobbying machine with regard to Republicans, but because Republicans currently have a majority in the House, will Congress not be able to reintroduce, reintroduce, excuse me, a federal assault weapons ban unless Democrats are in power once again? Well, the, the sad answer to your question is there's no chance in the world that uh, this Congress will pass uh, anything, a universal background check, an assault weapon ban. You know, one thing on the assault weapon ban, I talked about the fact that at least 90 percent of Americans favor a universal background check. A majority of Americans favor a ban on assault weapons. But it just doesn't matter because even if even right now, if you could get an assault weapon ban or even a universal background check passed in the House by getting picking up a few Republican votes, it could not pass in the Senate uh, because uh, Republicans would filibuster the bill and you'd need 60 vote, at least 60 votes uh, to get a, an assault weapon ban. And there are only 51 Democrats. So there's no way in, in the world that an assault weapon ban would pass, unfortunately, and despite the fact that most Americans want one. Uh, and this is a classic instance to me where I think people get frustrated with government. Most Americans want an assault weapon ban, want American uh, universal background checks, but the system is designed to make that almost impossible to happen, especially with the 60 vote filibuster yeah. uh, requirement uh, in the Senate to break filibusters. Uh, news of the latest massacre surfaced when detectives were still investigating the Saturday night shooting at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park, Park, just east of uh, downtown Los Angeles. The gunman killed 11 there, wounded nine. Authorities said the suspect there, Hu Can Tran, 72, then drove to a second dance hall uh, nearby. We have to point out the club's operator, absolute hero, who wrestled his weapon away, thwarting another mass shooting there. Uh, Tran, by the way, was a longtime patron of the Star Ballroom. He fled in a white cargo van. He was cornered about 12 hours later in Torrance, south of L.A., fatally shot himself there. Um, but let, let's look at this lethal record. Saturday's violence unfolded in the midst of the Chinese Lunar New Year celebration I mentioned in Monterey Park. That's a huge hub of Asian-Americans. Um, you want great Chinese food? You know, Monterey Park's one of the places you head here in SoCal. Um, and of course, some people felt it was racially motivated till they found out that the shooter was part of the AAPI community and part of that dance community. Among the 11 victims were two fishermen from Taiwan, according to the Taiwanese consulate in L.A., and multiple Chinese citizens, according to the Chinese consulate. Some were regulars at the dance studio, according to their family and friends. In a statement, the family of Valentino Marcos Alvera remembered the Filipino man as the loving grandfather, the life of any party. It ranked as the deadliest mass shooting ever in L.A. County, according to Hilda Solis, a member of the County Board of Supervisors. By comparison, in 1984, there was a massacre of 21 people at a McDonald's restaurant in San Diego. That stands as the greatest loss of life from a single California shooting in the state. But the two latest shootings were also notable for the age of the suspects that we talked about, Brad, one in his late 60s, another in his early 70s. 
a database of 185 mass shootings between 1966 and 2022 maintained by the nonprofit Violence Project includes just one carried out by someone 70 or older. That was a retired minor who killed five people in Kentucky in 1981. And the L.A. County Sheriff Robert Luna told reporters yesterday investigators collected 42 bullet casings and a large capacity ammunition magazine from the dance studio. He said a search of the suspect's mobile home in a gated senior living community in the town of Hemet, 80 miles outside of L.A., turned up a rifle, electronic devices, items that lead us to believe the suspect was manufacturing homemade weapon silencers. Police also seized hundreds of rounds of ammunition from the dwelling and a handgun from the suspect's vehicle. And Monterey Park Police Chief Scott Weiss said investigators were looking to unconfirmed reports that violence may have been sparked by jealousy our relationship issues within that dance community. Brad, you had mentioned Donald Trump. We talk about gun control, lack thereof, and legislation. Is it also part of our culture that needs to change? Because Canada's our neighbor to the north, and per capita, they have about the same amount of gun owners, and they do not have this amount of gun violence by any stretch. Well, uh, they don't. Uh and the reason why is they have universal background checks. Uh, they have a national ban on the certain kinds of uh, weapons, neither of which we have in the United States. You know, you mentioned that uh, in the, at the top of this discussion that the uh, gun that was used in the shooting over the weekend uh, was banned in California. Well, it doesn't stop someone from going to Arizona to buying one. Uh, or gun shows. Uh, these guns, even when they're banned in certain states and cities, are widely available by mail order. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think people, are, it, Americans are in a horrible mood. Uh, if you look at any poll, you'll find that about two-thirds of Americans think the country's headed in the wrong direction. And that goes up every time there's one of those shootings. And the frustration, again, is that government is incapable of dealing with it. Uh, yeah, and not only that, but the solution is violence, or the solution is violence uh, by the hand, uh, hand of a gun. Because of time, I want to get, jump onto another topic quickly, and that's what's happening in Atlanta. The Atlanta DA is pushing to keep Trump's election report secret. Can you speak to this? I mean, we know a judge heard arguments today about whether an investigative report into efforts by former President Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 election results should be made public. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis argued that for the time being, the report should be kept secret to protect possible defendants' right to a fair trial, noting that the decisions are imminent regarding possible indictments. Uh, media outlets, however, asking for the report's full release, given the extraordinary public interest in its findings. Is this just going to go away? Is Trump going to get, 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 get away with yet something else? Because, I mean, to me, this was very concerning, what happened with his phone calls and what he said uh, to, uh, Atlanta, to uh, the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. Yeah, it's this. This is could be this could be the case that finally nabs Trump. Uh, this is uh, you know a, a Fulton County DA, which is Atlanta in the suburbs, met for eight months uh, considering the evidence. And as you said, the district attorney said that they're going to announce indictments imminently. And this could be the case that finally gets Trump uh, because a phone call he made. Uh, is was incredibly blank. All you need to do is find me X number of votes and I can continue to be president. Uh, 
Uh, and yeah, this is a this is a case. My guess is that the Trump lawyers are watching more carefully than they are some others because this could be a real problem for them. Yeah, and, and let's talk about why this matters. I mean, Willis's comments do provide some insight into her thinking. She's deciding whether to indict Trump or his allies after opening the investigation, to your point, Brad, two years ago. The report's findings are expected to influence her decision whether to indict anyone, including Trump, of criminal conduct. Of course, who would that be, if anybody? She calls for an investigative grand jury to look into the matter last year. It's a special purpose grand jury. They spent eight months hearing from 75 witnesses. Senator Lindsey Graham was one. Rudy Giuliani was one. Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp was one. Those jurors finished their work earlier this month. They voted to publish the report. That's according to Judge Robert McBurney. He's the one hearing the case. And McBurney told lawyers today that uh, he's going to, quote, think about this and get back to them with his decision on whether to release the report. Bottom line, less than 60 seconds. What's your prediction on this? Uh, my prediction is that uh, there's going to be a Trump indictment here. My guess is also indictments to Rudy Giuliani, uh, the president's fixer, uh, and maybe his uh, chief of staff, Mark Meadows. This is a real big deal. This could be the biggest source of Trump's vulnerability, legal liability. Right, because you're asking somebody to conjure up votes so that you can win. Uh, and, and that is uh, unconstitutional and illegal. Double whammy there. Brad, love you. So glad to have you with us. The hour just flew by. I always enjoy having you on. We covered so much ground. Thank you for being so knowledgeable on all these issues. Brad Bannon, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. Check out Deadline DC, which Brad Bannon hosts right here every Monday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Also, check out Brad's columns for The Hill. Great political columns. Go to muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. That's muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. And you can watch full shows of Deadline DC. Just follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon or go to twitter.com forward slash Brad Bannon. I'm Leslie Marshall. Marky Mark Romaldi is our executive producer. Thank you for being with us today.